Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in our gospel lesson today, Jesus is speaking a parable to the religious leaders of Israel. And in the time frame here, the end of Jesus' ministry is approaching, and so tension is building, hatred of Jesus by the religious leaders is increasing. And immediately before this text, we see the chief priests and the Pharisees were seeking to arrest Jesus. And after this text, we're told that they went and plotted to find a way to entangle Jesus in his own words. But Jesus in his earthly ministry isn't finished yet, and so he tells another parable about the kingdom of heaven. And this parable that Jesus speaks today is about God's kingdom as it, as it exists already here on earth. It's as if Jesus were speaking from the perspective of Judgment Day and looking back over the whole history of God's people. And so he likens it to a king, God the Father, who prepared a wedding banquet which represents eternal life in heaven. And the king sends his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them that, that everything was ready and now they could come. But the invited guests refuse. And they gave excuses for why they couldn't come. We saw one went to his fields, another went to his business. These excuses remind us of Paul's description of enemies of the cross in Philippians 3.19 where he writes, Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. The same is true for us today. We all have so many different excuses that keep us away from church, that keep us uh, focusing on things other than the kingdom of God. If we're really honest with ourselves, we can see that there are so many excuses that take our focus off of the heavenly banquet that's been prepared for us. That all too often we put the things of this world as more important than the things of God. And the invitation to the heavenly banquet is often met with hostility. And that's shown in the parable when we saw that those who were invited took the servants, beat them up, killed them. But this has been true throughout the ages as many of God's prophets, apostles, missionaries, and preachers have been treated in the very same way. It's still happening today in many parts of the world as Christian missionaries are being persecuted. The king's messengers still die for inviting people to the feast. Now continuing with the parable, the king was now enraged at all that had happened. And to make things even worse, the banquet hall had not yet been filled. But the king here is still willing to give out his grace, still willing to show generosity and, and mercy as he has his servants go out to the streets and invite anyone they could find, both the good and the bad. The king doesn't discriminate. He instructs his servants to go pick up anyone right off the streets, good or bad, doesn't matter. So finally, the banquet hall was filled with people, but the parable isn't over yet. And this last part of the parable that we hear today, uh, when people hear it, uh, it comes off as, as not being fair. For when the king uh, goes into the banquet hall to talk to his guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing a proper wedding garment. But this man was not being discriminated against because he was poor and didn't have the right clothes for the wedding. 
This man did not have the proper attire on because he refused to put on the robe provided by the king for each of his guests. You see, in that day it was customary that the very rich would provide everything needed for the banquet, including the proper clothes. And so the man in the parable just chose not to wear the robe provided for him by the king. And so certainly this man's refusal to wear the proper garment was an insult to the king. And the king said to the man in verse 12, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he had nothing to say. He was totally speechless because he had no excuse. There was no excuse because everything that he would have needed was already given to him. And so the king said to his attendants, bind him, cast him into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, it kind of seems odd, but when people hear this parable, sometimes it's the king that comes under attack. And people focus so much on how the king throws this one guest out into the darkness, even though it was the man's own fault. But don't let that take your attention away from the wonderful point that this great parable makes. You see, you don't want to miss the wonderful point that everything has been provided by the king, free of charge. Everything, from the food to the proper wedding garment, has been provided and given by the king. So what does that mean for us today? How does that apply to us as God's people? Well, the wedding garment in the parable represents the robe of Christ's righteousness. And that is the robe that we've been clothed with at our baptism. The robe that was given to us, provided for us, free of charge, all grace, all gift. As Paul writes in Galatians 3.27, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And so when Jesus is speaking this parable, he's not only speaking to the religious leaders of Israel, but he's also speaking to you and to me. And so instead of just thinking of this parable as an old history story about the Jewish people, we need to ask ourselves, is this me? Are you the one who's been invited by the Lord to his eternal banquet, but goes to his fields instead? Are you the one who prefers his business here on earth to eternal life in heaven? Are you the one whose God is your stomach, whose mind is set on earthly things? Because we're told in Colossians 3 verse 2 that we need to set our minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And so this parable does challenge us. It challenges us to ask ourselves, are we living in our baptismal grace? Are, are, are the things of God the most important to us? Is the, the feast that, that God gives us at his altar of his son's body and blood the most important thing, a thing that we would risk everything in order to get because it's that important for us? We also need to ask, am I here on God's terms or my own terms? Am I seeking to have a share in God's eternal banquet in the way that he wants me to, which is by faith alone, solely on the merits of Christ, who lived, died, and rose again to pay the price for our sin? Or are we seeking to wear our own clothes, 
trying to earn our way into heaven, to be dressed in how nice of a person we are and how well we live a Christian life. You know, the real insult is that sometimes we presume, like the man in the parable, that our own clothing is somehow good enough. And the old Adam in us would have us think that heaven is ours because we've done enough good. Or maybe we just haven't done enough bad to be kept out. But when we think we can enter the feast in our own garment, we need to get a reality check from the words of Isaiah 64, verse 6, which says, We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We are told very clearly in this parable that those who seek to enter the heavenly banquet on their own terms will be thrown into everlasting darkness, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. There is one way and only one way to be found in the banquet hall, and that's by heeding the invitation. It's to be found by wearing the robe of Christ's righteousness by virtue of your faith and believing in Jesus who is crucified for our sin. Isaiah 61 verse 10 says, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. All of this, all of this God offers to give us for the sake of his only son who gave his life so that his righteousness would be ours. It's all been paid for. All your sin, everything has been covered up by the robe of Christ's righteousness, which he gives to you freely in holy baptism. And so when it comes to our salvation, here's the good news. Everything has been done. Everything has been done. Everything's been given to you. The banquet is all ready for us. The food, the preparations, the invitations, even the garments. All we have to do is come and enjoy the wonderful gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. And God's mercy and grace continue also today. He continues to urgently invite all people into his banquet hall through the preaching and teaching of his word and the ministry of his church, which we're all a part of. And he invites us to trust in him for our salvation. And here's the wonderful thing, that as we gather together here in church, in God's house, we get to experience a foretaste of this eternal banquet in heaven every time we go to the Lord's table at communion. And so when we look at it that way, this life is nothing but a rehearsal for the never-ending feast of heaven. And so as we are daily reminded that we have been robed in Christ's righteousness, let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Amen.